Jordan had something in his mouth and usually he does our like, what's up guys. So, <laughs> anyways, I feel a what's little up? bit of pressure oh. doing a little in. Here we go. Yes. You guys, we're back for another riveting edition of Jordan, Heidi, and Natalie's. We need a name for this. We still haven't come up with one, but that is okay. <laughs> we're potting today together and we're super excited to chat about this topic. We're probably speaking to you guys in the sense that you guys are also curious about this topic. We're talking a little bit pre-potting, which we tend to do because we just get so excited about topics about Ozempic and mm-hmm. any kind of semi-glutide, whether it's, um, what's Metaf- the other one called? There's Metformin, there's um, Wigovi. What are the other ones, Jordan? There's a- Metformin, not not one of these, unless we're talking about, no. I mean, Metformin, I think is something that people think, like can consider in this category, but I think we would categorize like the- Wagovi, semi, like semaglutide, uh, Wagovi, Ozempic, all of the, which are the same thing. Um, okay. Metformin. So let's stay there for sure too. Yeah. And how that is kind of affecting our sphere. So we're talking about how like, you know, even though, you know, Heidi and I have been in this space for almost eight years now, and we actually have not had the introduction of a pretty profound weight loss drug in the space of our coaching. Um, HCG was a little bit before us. Definitely FenFen was way before us. Um, and of course, outside of the dancing of the normal, like Dexatrim is still on the market type thing or cleanses and detoxes and things like that. We've never had an actual prescription medication that is for weight loss. And so I think what's interesting is it's bringing up a lot of conflict, integrity questions, emotions around it for our clientele. And frankly, for myself personally, I've, you know, anything, anytime anything like this comes up, I'm always a little bit like, what would I feel if this was introduced? Or what do I think about it for myself personally, as somebody who has had weight loss goals, larger weight loss goals before, or even just weight loss in general, right? Like there is something that piques my interest about it. And I think most of us, especially in the space of Amazon prime, like a quick fix, we like a two day (laughs) overnight how fast can I get this kind of result kind of scenario? And so I think it can bring up some really interesting discussion as far as like, what do we feel about it as coaches? Who do we like to recommend it to? Who do we encourage to use it? Um, And even just the conflicts of, I have friends who are on it and they're seeing incredible results. I'm trying to do it the slow and recommended health way or the traditional way of counting macros, counting calories, exercising, things like that. And just kind of, the emotional energy surrounding the fact that, yeah, some of your friends might be using it and have had incredible results and you're trying to still track and stay in a moderate deficit, or there's also the extreme nature of it where people are using it for mostly vanity reasons. And then there's the health side of it too. So before I get too far into my solo podcast, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Heidi, please oh, shit. shut me up. Oh, shit. I'll do a little, like, just like what it is real quick, just, and then um, we could talk about like, just like, our side of it as far as have have we ever encouraged the client to think about it and we, and and if people are out there considering it we can have that chat i just had a shake with a ton of ice i'm freezing now um anyway um so so there's a there's a podcast i did with with dr carl nadalski if people are interested in like we're not going to go super deep into a lot of the science but if you want that we'll post that in the comments or whatever um but semaglutide is the name of the drug Ozempic and Wagovi are brand names of the drug, uh, and they are, or semaglutide is what's called a GLP-1 agonist. GLP-1 is a hormone. Agonist just means it acts like that thing. And so GLP-1 agonist just means a thing that you take that acts like that in the body. So it acts like GLP-1 in the body. GLP-1 is a hormone produced in the gut that does at least three things. Uh, It increases insulin production, which is the ultimate irony where like, yeah. if you ever thought that carbs made you fat because of insulin, 
We have the most, the world's most powerful ever weight loss drug, and the actual thing that it does is a is increases insulin. Now, the this drug was made for people with type two diabetes. This was a drug that we didn't have any idea about the weight loss application. It was invented because it helps people produce more insulin, so it can help people manage uh, blood glucose for people who have type two diabetes. I mean. The fact that this is also the world's most powerful ever weight loss drug puts to bed all of this fucking carbohydrate bullshit. Sorry about all the mm-hmm. cursing. Um, and <laughs> just, we're done with it. A nail in the coffin, insulin. Oh, insulin blunts fat law. Uh, blunts uh, lipolysis. You can't lose fat when insulin mm-hmm. is high. It's like this drug literally jacks up insulin and it is the most powerful weight loss drug. So we're putting that to bed. The other two things it does, which I think most people are more interested from a weight loss perspective. Number one is it slows gastric emptying, which just it makes you feel fuller for longer just because the food travels through your GI a little bit slower. And the second thing is it seems to have a not fully understood effect, some form of central signaling that you are full. So that part is not fully, you know, it's communicating with the hypothalamus or, or something. We don't fully understand how that's working, but it, it, it affects somehow centrally that it gives you a feeling of satiety. It makes you feel full. That is what these drugs do. Um, again, originally for type one, uh, type two diabetics to help them with insulin sensitivity, and then all of a sudden we were doing trials and we we're like, "Holy shit!" Everyone's losing a ton of weight, and so we're like, "Hey, let's repackage this up for weight loss." And so I, I'm going to mix this up. Uh, actually, I might have it in my notes here. Um, Wigovi is the brand name for. Oh, hold on. Wigovi. I think Wigovi is the brand name for type two diabetes and Ozempic is the name for, um, as an obesity medication, it's all the same thing. You see Wagovi, Ozempic, semaglutide, it's all the same thing for all intents and purposes. Um, and there's, I'll just tease this out. There's actually a very likely in all, um, in all cases, a better drug, uh, called, <clears throat> I should have prepared for this more, called terzepatide. And that is the, the actual drug name. And it's branded currently as, it's called Manjaro, and Manjaro is also a type 2 diabetes medication. Um, it's a combination of a GLP-1 agonist and a GIP. Um, it acts on two different fronts. It seems to be more potent for weight loss with less side effects. So it tends to be better mm-hmm. on both fronts. Um, it is not yet rebranded for obesity. They're currently doing the trials, uh, and so it will be passed and it will get, get a new fun name like Ozempic and Wagovi will have Manjaro and something else. Um, and that's the end of the shtick for now. A new fun name. Huh. Okay. So I think it's actually important also to say, cause a little bit earlier, like metformin is not one of these, right? So, uh, my sister's currently on metformin. They are alluding to her that increasing certain dosages or certain dosage might assist with weight loss. It is also for diabetes or pre-diabetic as well. So, but the expectation should not be the same as Wigovi and Ozempic. Correct. correct. Definitely correct. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good to say out loud too, because I think sometimes people are like, like my sister went on metformin thinking it was similar to Ozempic and Wigovi, thinking that she would have some weight loss effects and actually has had the opposite. She's actually gained weight. Um, so maybe we can actually start there. Like, is it possible to take these medications and still gain weight and not lose weight? Yes, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it just yes. makes you feel more full and less hungry and... um right. So you can still eat 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 calories taking this medication too. So same rules apply as far as from a weight loss perspective, correct? Yeah, physiologically speaking, yeah, but there's not a person on this dr- on these drugs who can eat 3,000 calories without getting incredibly sick and incredibly nauseous. So the, oh, okay. the, 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 the big uh, side effect of the drug is nausea. And so like, 
if you eat a lot of food, you get nauseous really fast. And the irony is that like, that's kind of a feature, not a bug. Like that that's kind of the deterrent of eating more. It's like you are less full and if you eat too much, guess what? You get sick. And it's not fun. And I'm not putting getting sick up on a pedestal of like, oh, that's a good thing. But I have some clients on it and they're like, Yeah, I, I eat less because I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like the um bariatric surgery. Like yeah, when the very similar so much smaller. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Or even how like remember Olean was kind of a big thing uh for a little bit and people would get like the runs really bad. And so they didn't really want to eat anything because they didn't want to go to the bathroom a ton, right? And so yeah. it's like same kind of deterrent. And I think what's important just to kind of acknowledge the fact that like you might hear that and that might be really be like, oh cool. I would love to like have food kind of like, I would love to have a chocolate allergy, right? <laughs> like then I'm not interested in eating chocolate. That's not a problem anymore. And so where we, I remember during the pandemic, we had people like, oh, I think I would love to like not be able to have, be able to taste anything. Mm-hmm. That would be such a gift for like my weight loss goals yeah. is to like have no appetite for food, you know, have the COVID thing where you could not taste anything. And so that would make it easier to lose weight. And while yes, that also kind of removes the enjoyment of life as well too, right? And so I think it's, fine to say that everything costs something, right? Like mm-hmm. anything that you want in some form of fashion is going to have to be giving up one form of something or another, right? Yes. So given all this context, what what is the case for someone to use Ozempic in your opinion, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question because um, I think I think that we don't know what the long-term side effects are. We know what the, sh- the short-term side effects are is that you feel sick when you eat a lot. But we don't really know what the long-term side effects are. We know a ton about the good. We know a ton about just from a reduction in uh, risk for certain diseases and people lose weight. And we know that there's all this good that can happen from weight loss and from the insulin production side of things. But we don't have a 30-year study on this. You know, We don't have mm-hmm. people who've been on it for 30 years. And the truth is, once you take it, chances are the likelihood that you will take this forever is is relatively high. None of those are absolutes. But listen, if you stop taking the drug, you're going to go back to having the level of hunger you had prior. And and maybe during this process, you've established a healthier lifestyle and you've been able to be more active and you don't gain all of the weight back, but you will go back to being as hungry as you were before. That is for sure. Um, And so in, in so far as, hey, are the benefits lasting? I mean, the, the, the feeling of the drug is as it will last as long as you take it. And so, you know, if you can use the time that you're taking the drug to really help you establish some healthy lifestyle habits, which it will be easier to do that. um, Then I think even if you were to come off them one day, if you've used that time wisely, then yeah, you you can have a net benefit. But I do think that, that as of right now, that the understanding is that you're going to probably be taking these for life. And we just, we don't have any like mass 30 year studies on this. Um, it doesn't see, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any big red flags right now, though. Like, it doesn't seem like, yeah, you can take it, you're going to lose some weight, but it's jacking up your risk of cancer. It's jacking up your risk of, it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. Um, it seems almost too good to be true, which is, which is like Always. almost non-logically the red flag is that it seems too good to be true. Um, I would lean more on it's, it's amazing, an amazing drug with less downsides than you think, a ton of upside. Now, your question was who should take it? The person who should take it is the person who, in my opinion, uh, the, the that losing weight will help you objectively get healthier in a very meaningful way, such that the unknown risk factors are likely 
uh, the ratio of what you'll gain to what you may lose taking this for life is probably worth it. And what I mean is like, if weight loss for you is going to drastically improve your health, you can consider it. Um, but if you're, but vanity pounds, maybe not, or maybe not weight loss without you like yourself more might not be one of those. It's more like risk of heart disease or things like that. Or my counter to that though, is that like the, the it's just to play devil's advocate. It's like, who am I to say? So I view it in the same way I view steroids. I view it. That's my view right now. And, I, and I'm trying to work through this as an analogy. So here's the deal. If you take somebody who's born and they have low testosterone but clinically low testosterone. So like normal testosterone, let's say is like, I don't know, like 300 to, to 1200 or something. But if you're in like the 200s, you have low testosterone, they'll give you testosterone. That person is going to feel unbelievable when they start getting TRT. They're going to get yeah. testosterone to a normal range. Genetically, they got screwed. They have low testosterone. Getting testosterone uh, exogenously, they're going to feel amazing. And for them, there are still risks, but for them to go from, low to normal is like, okay, I have some risks, but I feel fucking unbelievable. And I was given this this deficiency genetically. There are other people who take TRT and they are normal people with normal testosterone who want supernatural testosterone and they want to take steroids and they want to get really jacked, which by the way, I'm not, I don't say that inherently judgmentally, but I'm saying there's a person who goes from normal to supernatural. And for that person, yeah, I don't get to say whether the risks are worth the reward. People do steroids all the time. I don't because for me, I, it's not worth it to me. And same with Ozempic. Like the people who people who have obesity, let's be real. They have genetic deficiencies in things. They have certain oh, genes totally. that predispose them for this. They get hungrier than you. They get yep. less satiated than you. And you, yep. it's not that they have a GLP-1 deficiency. They might. I don't think it's that simple in terms of the analogy with the testosterone. But they are being made whole. They are getting on a level playing field. And so for the person for whom weight loss will drastically improve their health. Like the guy on TRT is going to drastically improve his life because he was born, you know, with a deficiency, totally worth it. Totally worth, I, totally worth opening the conversation. But I, but also I'll throw it to you guys. Like if, like, what if someone's like, okay, there's risks. I still want to do it. It's like, uh, okay. Like I am kind of in the live and let live scenario. It's not that simple because it, it, it might have big downsides you don't know about, but again, you are an autonomous being who can choose. Um, I don't want to make this a solo podcast. I'll shut up in a second. Um, but but, but I, I am live and let live. The problem is with live and let live is, what is the problem with that? What is the problem with that? The problem is circumnavigate, like the problem is people stop focusing on healthy habits maybe where people like mm -hmm. do this instead of focusing on being healthy. But like at the end of the day, that's your life. You do what you want. But um, if it's my client for whom I care about or a family member or somebody that, like this is not live and let live because I truly care about you as a person in my life, I would, I would, I would caution somebody for whom weight loss isn't going to drastically improve their health that, that we don't know what the long-term risks are. And that would be enough for me to say, Hey, you, you don't, you don't need this because it's not going to make you that much healthier or healthier at all. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's, you know, weighing the pros and cons and, and informed consent and all that. And even to this point that being aware that we don't know, fully understand the downsides, but I totally agree. I mean, we've coached and like you, we've coached 
enough to know that fat loss is not an equal playing field at all. And there's people that that struggle for years because of that inequity. And a lot of times it has, it's not, it's not their fault. Either genetics are at play or lack of education or any of those things. Um, sidebar in my glamorous former life as an administrative office manager person, I worked in a personal injury law office and we did the FenFen lawsuits. And my mom actually got a settlement because of it. And one of the things of that that made the settlements so successful, you know, people get people being able to actually sue the company because it was discovered that they knew about the side effects and they hit it. And so there's just, you know, there's, there's just being real, but like there could be downsides that we don't know about. So it has to be, um, I, it doesn't have to be right. But it, I would hope again, that it would be a thoughtful choice for whoever, whoever's taking it and that they are taking a more holistic approach of paying attention to what they're eating and movement and getting stronger, um, you know, as we, as we all know, like weightlifting is a great way to improve your insulin sensitivity and things like that. There are things that you can do along the way that could potentially lead to a better outcome. If, if you are able to go off of it at some point, Do you guys know anyone in your life who's, who's falls into that second category of like, I'm just a person taking it for vanity. We've had a couple clients who have, have decided to take it to try that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I want to reduce it just to vanity. It's the same yeah. way that we yeah, want to like, not that's minimize fair. people's sure, like, sure, sure, sure. goals and their desires and things like that. And, um, but ha- were they, were they diabetic and taking it? No, right. They were not diabetic. And then also was it more for like a, a five to 10 pound range? Yes. So it's not that like, I mean, and this is the hard thing, right? As coaches, like, I don't want to like lay judgment judgment because I really do believe that you're allowed to like have what you want to and get them whatever way you want to. I mean, all in all, it still requires work, right? And that's where I'm trying to land at. I mean, even people who take, you know, steroids and things like that, they still have to go to the gym, right? You still got to go lift. You don't just stand there and take a pill and get jacked, right? Like there's still an, an execution process that has to happen. And the same thing with this, like if you're taking it to lose five to 10 pounds where, or 50 to hundred pounds, you still have to not eat. Right? Yeah. Like there's still like a, and then hopefully with, you know, as much as a gift that it can be to have this kind of assist where you're not hungry and not even as you're teaching yourself something as well. So hopefully there's an action item along with this, that you're using this as a tool. Yeah. Like um, a booster. Right. And so yeah. that's kind of where I would love to like land and convey as a coach. It's like, you know, I think for me personally, like if I have to like kind of what I mentioned earlier, like I do have a harder time losing weight than even Heidi does. Right. And so in my mind, it's like, would I love an assist like this? Absolutely. Do I need it? That's a hard question. Right. I mean, just by need, you know, people on social media might think that I should be 30 pounds lighter. And so maybe that's something, and I definitely have diabetes in my family history. And like I mentioned earlier, my sister is on it. We do have a pre-diabetic genetic component as well. You know, Asians kind of end, end up that way go for rice. Glad it's, glad it's helping. But it's like, do you, would you guys, like, if I sat here and I'm like, Jordan, Heidi, do you guys think I should go on Ozempic? I wonder what you would say to me. Right. Because, and this is kind of what we wanted to have a little bit of this podcast about. It's like, I think that there's, you know, there's a, a feeling where like, you do want to, it's like, you know, I do it. I want to do things on my own. And then there's also a feeling like, does it seem fair to people because they feel like people are getting something that they didn't technically earn. Right. Like, would you be comfortable taking it forever? Would you be comfortable taking it forever? With not, not, I'm going to ask you as if we're using you as a fucking yeah, example, but ask, yeah. use me would you be example. comfortable? You don't know, you don't know what the long-term side effects are. You know, full well, the minute you get off of it, 
I don't want to reduce it to a, a virtual certainty that you'll gain your weight back. But like, let's assume that that's the case just for, for conversational purposes. You have to be on it forever. You good with that? No. And let me tell you why. Because even, I mean, I know how to manually override hunger just as good as the next person. Hand me a Celsius. I don't want to eat till five o'clock, right? Caffeine can do that for me. You know, and obviously you can build a resistance to caffeine, but I, there's definitely ways to game the system if you really just want to like not be hungry at all. Right. And there's definitely stuff that I could eat that makes my stomach turn and makes me not feel good. And if I wanted to use that, or I mean, who knows, like, have we also heard of like slim tea, like drinking green tea, give you the runs. Like I understand these ways to like air quote game the system from like a weight loss perspective. Right. But that being said, I have also seen the side effects of people on it. Hair loss is a huge one, huge one. Okay. Because you're eating barely, barely anything, right? Some people are barely logging a thousand calories a day. I also know what that kind of effect has on the body. And I, I cannot in good conscience for myself, assume that for the rest of my life, right? Like if you told me I have to do it forever, like I actually, I, I, those are things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. Plus the fact that it does suppress some kind of brain chemistry or Sit, you know, signal or things like that. I do worry about what that would do. What would that really mean for me? Like, what would the side effects be of like suppressing something physically in my brain for hunger cues? And also, I really like food too. So I don't know that I would ever really want, and it's my love language to feed people. I don't know that I would want to have such a toxic relationship for me personally, not anybody else. Some people don't actually like food, which is fine, but like to feel nauseous every time I ate and to not enjoy the gatherings that I look forward to most or cooking things that I enjoy or or the relationships I have that are kind of around food. Like, I don't know that that is a trade-off that I would like just to be a certain weight for myself personally. This is me and like Natalie, not making any decisions or judgments for anyone else because everyone gets to have what they want. But if I had to be on it forever, I probably wouldn't actually. Yeah. Well, the thing, the, the, the trickiest part I see from like a coaching perspective is just like any, like anybody coming out of a long-term deficit, it's the maintenance part. And what makes it especially tricky compared to like, you know, the, just the counting macros part is that your decisions are largely, are, are being aided by like a, a subconscious effect that the drug is having. So you aren't necessarily using, you know, whether you're doing the macro math or, self-regulation or whatever, you're not having to use those same skills that you would if you were to go off of it and then go just try to go to a maintenance plan. So again, once again, it's like the, the, the habits that have to be in place, but we've, it's, it's a, it's like you were saying, it's like a tool, like it, like, like anything else, but it's only going to work as well as it's being used, I guess. Perhaps. I mean, I'm curious, like, what would you guys do personally? Like, would you want to be on it forever? No, that, that scares, the idea of being yeah, on no. it forever scares yeah. shit out of me. However, that that's me. I have I have two clients who, who take it. And I'll tell you right now, it's the most magical thing I've experienced. Totally. That, and for them, and we've worked together on, we've worked together on healthy habits and we've improved mm-hmm. nutrition habits and movement and all this stuff. And it only took us so far. And this has been just an unbelievable experience for them. And the, there's some feedback yeah. I've gotten from them. It's been amazing for them. They, they know, they're like, I might be on this forever. And and for them, going from 300 pounds to, to 200 pounds is like, yeah, I'll roll the dice uh, in this context where like, yeah. I won't roll the dice. And, but if Susan across the street is, you know, 140 pounds, she wants to be 130 pounds, she goes on Ozempic. Like, I don't know if, if I'm, like, I'm not, like judging is a weird word because it comes as a negative connotation. I'm, I know something about her now. 
That's true. Like I know something about her values. Like she, the fact that she's going to roll the dice for ten pounds that mean nothing to her health. That says something. I, I, we always say like, oh, I don't want to judge people. Like I'm not judging you, but that is what your actions are saying. Is that like, all right, these ten pounds of weight that don't do nothing for the the quality of my life, um, only for the way I look, um, are worth rolling the dice on 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 taking a very powerful drug for potentially the rest of my life. Uh, and some people go, oh, I won't take it forever. I'll take it for a little bit just before summer. And like, I kind of feel like go nuts. Like I don't like, I don't like it for me. I wouldn't recommend it because I think psychologically going in and out of using such a powerful tool can really kind of fuck with you. Just like the way you see, um, like like all of a sudden eating fruits and vegetables and, and going for walks is like devalued because you're just like, well, I'll just whenever I need to lose weight, I'll just go on this thing. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be nervous about psychologically what would happen. To, to somebody who's like toggling in and out of like pre-summer cut, I'm just going to use this. But but I don't, I think of it just like I think of steroids where I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't wouldn't roll it, like taking testosterone, let's say. I don't do it because I don't, I don't have a, uh, I, my life wouldn't meaningfully improve if I did outside mm-hmm. of the way I looked. Um, and I don't, wouldn't recommend it to anyone in my family other than ones who have really struggled with obesity for a very long time and have worked on lifestyle. And for those people, I think the op dude, if you have type two diabetes or you have obesity and you've been struggling with that for a long time, you have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, like, and you've been struggling for a long time, go talk to your doctor about it for sure. If you're Mm -hmm. not that person uh, and I were in your shoes, I wouldn't do it. But if you're not that person and you want to do it, um, yeah, I wouldn't do it, but like judging or like, telling you not to, I just not my cup of tea. Like, but, but agreed, but yeah, I wouldn't do it because I don't know what 30 years of taking a hormone is going to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's like, I, to me, the rolling the dice on that, you know, people are a couple things on it. Nat mentioned like things like hair loss, people who are obesity, sorry, people who have obesity are not experiencing that because they are uh, the person who will be able to maintain a higher level health through this because they're coming from a higher level of body fat. Like people, and, and you're, you're spot on that. Like, but those are probably people that are already so lean that being lean and being in such a large deficit, not great. Um, you know, you can be incredibly, uh, you could have a high level of obesity and really sustain very low calories like you would on this drug and be in really good health throughout that process. But a really lean person can't, can't do that. And so, um, yeah, person who, you know, 145 Karen across the street who wants to be 130 pounds, if she's like, oh, I'm losing my hair because I'm eating 800 calories and, and 60 grams, and, you know, 30 grams of protein because I have no appetite for protein because that's also kind of what it does. And we could talk about that a little bit. We have a couple of minutes, but um, uh, that, I don't want to be rude, but like, all right, like, you, you, that, that, that's why I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I feel the same. Like, I, there has been a game changer for a couple of clients who've been working on healthy habits for for years. And again, speaking speaking back to just it's not the equal playing field for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have anyone in my life who's gone and got it from like a back bat like a uh got it from a wellness clinic and not and paid you know through the nose for it, not via you know not gone through the right channels. I don't have anyone in my life who's done that, but. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I don't want to roll the dice on 30 years of taking of, of doing this. And and then if you're like, well, I won't take it forever. I'll just take it intermittently. Like, that's going to be a mind fuck, I think. I think that's going to be a real, like, what, what happens to your just, like, 
I don't know, half the, you're spending a couple months out of the year, like not hungry at all and sick and food averse. And then you go back to like, and then you're just going to be totally normal when you're not on it. And psychologically, your relationship with food is not going to get messed up. I don't know about that. I, that's a rolling the dice, I think too. But, and I, I think these are just really important points to make that a lot of people aren't, aren't, uh, it's just good to consider, right? Like, like all of these, all of these different aspects of it, because, um, yeah, what, what, informed what's what's the word i'm looking for Informed decisions yeah I mean, this is the thing i think in like in closing and conclusion it's like we obviously can't make this choice for any of you right but yeah. i think kind of like the same kind of back and forth that i have for my own personal self is just worth asking yourself right like even just the, the fact that you stop and think about it is awesome you guys like considering what your current health goals are and like what you want and what would be appealing and what would be ideal and what sounds fun or what sounds, you know, challenging or, you know, all these things are, will help you create a decision for yourself and in return also support the way you feel about people in your or surrounding areas who are taking it. Right. We have clients who are like, I feel really super jealous. Like my sister doesn't even need to take it and she's taking it and she's seeing really great results. And I'm here, you know, tracking away, counting my macros, tracking things like that. Like you get to feel good about the decisions you make for yourself. Yeah. Independent of what other people are doing around you. Right. Because kind of like Heidi was saying about the fan fan lawsuit is like, we just sometimes just don't know. And, and you get to decide where you want to stand and, and there's not a right or wrong decision. And you get to make that call. Yeah. Right? It's not going to be in history of us all making like really weird, wacky decisions in the name of like fun, but you know, like people like skydiving. I don't know that I would roll the dice and take <laughs> that one, but I heard it's really amazing and it's worth doing. Right. But like, depending on who you are, that might be like the best possible decision you could ever make is to skydive. Right. And so Dive whatever way you will, but also be informed about the decisions you make, which is kind of anything, right? Yeah. Weigh your but choices. you don't need red and greens. You don't need a detox. So yeah. <laughs> we'll just throw that out there. Just <laughs> shorten, close this up. Your face has a million words written all over it. Weigh your choices, pun intended. Yeah, I'll close it. I, I'm 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 interested to see what happens over the next 10 years in terms of its availability and, and regular people who don't have a, I, I'm categorizing people into two categories, those who would see meaningful health improvements with significant weight loss and those who would not. And that latter category, I'm interested to see like how normal that becomes. Uh or or not, but how normal it becomes and um what what the impact of that is on like on just general society in terms of, again, a further obsession with being lean. Like this is a weight loss drug that's meant to save people's lives, not be taken. It's not meant for that is what I'm saying. That was not the, that was not the intent, but if it becomes that like rat race of like blunt my hunger, blunt my hunger, eat less, eat less, eat less. Uh, you know, I, I hope that I don't want there to be, you know what I'm saying? The cynical inside of me wants, wants there to be downsides. Because if there were big yeah. downsides, then it becomes very easy of like, hey, like a healthy person, don't take this. Type 2 diabetes, maybe take this. And that's easy. But right now it's it's blurry what the downsides are. And so there's like a, this big clamor to be like, well, maybe I, maybe I should take it for the 10 pounds. But if you knew, it's like, hey, it increases risk of cancer at 20%, totally made up. Um, okay, I think people now would think twice. We just don't have that information yet. And it, yeah. it, we could be doing those things. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's a very good summary. Very good. All right. So good luck to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll chat about this again at some point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll catch absolutely. you guys on the next pod. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of where optimal meets practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me. If you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes, that stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jordan lips fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks guys. Have a good one.